Well, today, I'm going to be talking about what I believe to be the most avoided subject in the church. It's not sex. We'll be talking about that next month. I've already been practicing, I mean, preparing for that message next month uh, in the series next, next month. Uh, it's not money. We'll deal with that later in the series as well. In my 20 years of ministry, I've actually only spoken on this subject one other time in 20 years. And it was, I believe, in 2012, this month in 2012, right at Elman, I spoke on it. And it's the issue of our physical bodies. So it just got tense in the rooms. We lightened it up a little bit here. I'm dating myself with this because this song came out in 1981. But, but raise your hand if you remember the song by Olivia Newton-John, Let's Get Physical. Who remembers that song? Yeah. So a lot of you are old like me. Uh, I thought it would be a great idea to have Pastor Jared and the band kind of open up the subject by, by singing that song today and wearing the clothes they had on the video, but they weren't too keen looking like this uh, on stage. That's from the music video there. There's Jared in the background with his jazz hands. There he is right there. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I would tell you to look it up on YouTube, but I cannot do that in good conscience as your pastor because I learned this years later, but apparently in the song, they weren't singing about exercise like they, we thought they were. It was another kind of workout, if you know what I mean. I'm talking about that next month in our relationship series that we're doing in, in February. If you're new here, my name is Jeff Manis. Uh, yes, they do allow me to be the lead pastor here at Element Church, and I am just so glad that you're with us. You might be questioning your presence here today, uh, but I'm thrilled that you are with us. Also want to say hello to our video audience as well. Thanks uh, for, for being here and really thanks for everyone uh, for choosing to be here with us tonight. As we continue the sermon series we are in called First, where we're talking about putting the most important things first on the list in our life. And really what we're doing is we're taking some of the top New Year's resolutions and we're looking at them from a biblical perspective. Now, I, I'm fully aware that not everyone who is here today or listening or watching online has submitted their life to God or believes that the Bible is the authority uh, in our lives. And if that's you, man, you are welcome and invited to be here, whether you ever believe what we believe or not. But like, you're not dumb. You came to church. And so you probably you know, understood that we do believe in God here at Element. Therefore, we believe the Bible is his authority in our lives. And so at this first of the year, we're looking at the top New Year's resolutions from a biblical perspective. For instance, according to one survey I found when I was preparing for the series, the number one New Year's Year's resolution of 2018 is to be a better person. Now, I understand that's a very generic resolution, but last week's message on putting God first in our faith is the only place to start if we're truly going to be better people in this life. Like, even if that's not one of your resolutions, even if you make no resolutions at all, putting God first in our faith is of utmost and eternal importance in our lives. So that's why we started last week with putting God first in our faith. If you missed that, you can catch up online uh, or on our podcast. Right at the top of New Year's resolutions uh, are things revolving around money. So spend less, save more, get out of debt. And so that's at the top 
every single year of, of people's New Year's resolutions. So not only are we going to deal with that in the series coming up, not today, but coming up, uh, but we're also providing a free event. Uh, we've do the, done this kind of annually for, for several years now, a free event for the entire church and anyone in our community on Monday, January 29th called the Financial Learning Experience. So on Monday, January 29th, we are bringing in our great friend, Joe Sangle to lead the FLE. If you've never been around Joe, uh, you are in for a treat. I believe Joe is the best communicator on the planet when it comes how to manage money, how to win with our money. So he's the founder and president of I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. He'll be with us on that Monday night to do this free financial learning experience. We are also providing free childcare, so date night for the parents, and free food. So free night for everybody. We encourage you to come. You don't have to sign up even this year. Just show up and we are prepared for a full house on that night. Monday night, dinner at 5.30, free, no need to sign up. And then the event starts at 6.30 and that will be on that Monday. I would encourage you even to go to the church Facebook page. You can do it right now if you want to. And we have a, a, an event created for the financial learning experience. You can share that event uh, to people who you are friends with on Facebook and that would be fantastic. For today though, the number two New Year's resolution in 2018, it's at the top of the lists every single year, revolves around our physical bodies, exercising more, eating healthier, losing weight, whatever it is, which really is no surprise to any of us that's at the top of the New Year's list. What may surprise some of us is this. The main reason I felt led to preach on this subject in the series is this. Jesus cares about our bodies. You see, God is a holistic God, which means he is not just concerned with our spiritual heart, which is where we tend to focus in the church, and really we should, I get it. Where we are spiritually is of utmost and eternal importance in our lives. That's why we started with putting God first in our faith. But the reality is where we are spiritually should be reflected in how we live physically. In fact, look at what Jesus said out of all the commandments was the most important commandment. Mark 12, 29 through 30 says this. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. So put God first, that was last week, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your, say it with me, strength. All your strength. God's a holistic God. That yes, he cares about our heart, our soul, and our mind, but he also cares about our strength, which I believe is lived out in our physical bodies. So if God cares about how we love him, with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, I think it means he also cares about how we take care of those things as well. So how are we doing with that? How are we doing in our strength or in our bodies? Now let me preface this message by saying this. I understand that there are many things in our physical bodies that are outside of our control. That because of sin in general, not our acts of sin, but just the way sins affected our, our nature, none of us, no matter how healthy we choose to live, none of us are immune to sickness, disease, weakness, or death. So I'm, I'm acknowledging that. 
Many times we have physical limitations that affect our bodies. We have chemical imbalances that lead to physical issues in our lives. There are things that even happen to us outside of our control that affect us physically. And I'm acknowledging all that up front. I also understand that all of us as humans, we are born with different body types and metabolism rates and physical abilities. And as we get older, those begin to affect us more and more. Can I get a witness from the old people in the room? If you just acknowledge that, you acknowledge you were also old. So I also understand that this subject is incredibly sensitive and incredibly, incredibly hurtful. So I wanna be sensitive to that as well. So here's the thing. I don't decide how long I'll be alive. I don't get that decision. I don't decide how long I'll be alive, but I can decide how much living I'll do while I'm alive. I don't decide how long I'll live, but I can decide how much living I will do while I'm alive. And a lot of that living has to do with how I take care of my body, how I love God with my strength. So here's the big idea for today. It's on the screens if you want to write it down. And it's this, being alive is a gift for everyone, but putting God first helps you truly live. Like being alive is a gift. If you're breathing today, that's a gift from God. All of us have that gift, but putting God first actually helps us to truly live. So last week, we talked about putting God first in our faith. This week, we're going to focus on putting God first in our physical body. Therefore, we have to ask this big question, how do I put God first in my body? How do I put God first in my body? The main scripture is Romans 12, 1 and 2. So if you got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. It's the sixth book in the New Testament portion of the Bible. If you didn't bring a Bible, it's all on the screens as well. And if you don't own one, I believe it's super hard to keep God first in your life without being in his word. And so if you need a Bible, if you don't own one, ask for one at guest services or the next steps while we love giving them away. And we'll give you one today free of charge. A little background here to Romans. Romans was written by a guy named Paul in the church. We call him the Apostle Paul. But I just want to remind us all or inform us if you don't know that Paul was not always an apostle. At one point, he was completely antagonistic to Jesus and his church. In fact, he led a movement to wipe out Christianity from the face of the planet. But in his effort to wipe out Christianity, God grabbed a hold of his heart. Paul put God first, and now he's on a mission to help other people put God first as well. So he writes this letter to a group of Christians in Rome. We call it Romans chapter 12. Start of verse 1 says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, help me out and say bodies, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. I love that Paul used the word bodies because Paul could have said, give your heart to God or give your soul or mind to God. He could have said what we often say in the church, give your life to God but he chose to use the word bodies. Why did he use the word bodies? Well, I think Paul understood that everything we experience is experienced in or through our bodies. That the only things we will ever do on the planet for Jesus or for ourselves, they are done through our bodies. So give your bodies to God, Paul says. Being alive is a gift for everyone 
But putting God first helps you truly live. So how do I put God first in my body? The first thing I see and I want to challenge us on is this. Number one, we need to surrender control. Surrender control. Paul said, give your bodies to God. Now, the first reaction most of us have when we hear the word body is how we look, our appearance, our physical makeup. But we'll talk more about that coming up in the message. The second most common reaction, though, that I think we give outside of how we look is this. It's my body. I can do what I want. It's my body. I can do what I want. So before I challenge us on this next thing, let me, let me preface it by saying that I am in 100% agreement that we serve an amazingly loving, generous, faithful, and merciful God who can forgive and redeem everything I'm about to say that we do, okay? But for years, we have used the excuse of it's my body, I can do what I want to kill millions of unborn children, to fill our bodies with addictive and abusive substances, to take our own lives through suicide, to experience any and all sexual pleasure we can think of, or simply the great American tragedy of letting our bodies go. It's my body, I can do what I want. It's kind of our attitude a lot of times. And if that's what you are thinking right now, as kindly but as clearly as I can say as your pastor, no, it's not, and no, you can't. It's not your body. There are two great themes that run all through the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, from beginning to end, two major themes in all of the Bible. The first major theme is the theme of salvation. This, by the way, is what sets apart Christianity from every other religion on the planet, that we believe there is a God, that God is perfectly holy. In his love, he created every one of us and gave us a free will. In our own free will, we all have sinned. We've chosen to sin against God. That sin separates us from a holy God. There's a gap between me and God, and there is nothing I can do to bridge that gap. No amount of work or effort can bridge the gap between God and me. So because God loved us so much and he knew we could not get to him, he came to us. I say this all the time, that in the form of Jesus, God came as one of us, he died because of us, he rose victorious so that any one of us could put our faith in him, be forgiven of our sins, have a new life today, and eternal life with him forever in heaven. That is the gospel. It is what separates every other religion on the planet from Christianity, because Every other religion says you must work your way to God. Christianity says God has done the work to bring you to him. That's the message, okay, of salvation. It's the first major theme that we see all through the Bible in the Old and New Testament. It is all there. The second major theme, though, is one we want to focus on right here, and that is the theme of stewardship, that God is the owner and I'm the manager. Now we usually use the word stewardship to talk about money and that's true there as well. But the reality is church, everything I have, including my body is a gift from God and does not belong to me. 
everything I have. That I am to manage everything he's given me in a way that's pleasing to him. And I believe this is true for everyone on the planet, but it is especially true for those of us who believe. So I wanna lean in on the believers in the room right now because this I think is a huge deal for us, this idea of stewardship of our bodies. If you're not a believer, I'm not saying it doesn't apply to you, I'm just leaning on our Christians right now in the room. So Paul also wrote a letter in the Bible called 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 6, he's actually talking about sexual immorality, but he gives this principle about our body that relates, yes, to our sexuality, but also to every part of our body. He says this, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. That was the price of his son, Jesus. So you must honor God with your body. Doesn't belong to you, Paul's saying. In Romans 11.36, so back to the book that we are in, Romans 11.36, Paul says this, for everything, that includes you and me, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory, all glory to him forever, amen. The very next thing Paul would write is actually the first verse of our main scripture that we read at the beginning of this point where he said, and so... I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Now, remember, when the Bible was written, when Paul was writing the letter of Romans, he did not include chapter numbers and verses. You may not know this. We added, as Christians later, we added chapter numbers and verses so that it was easier to find stuff and organize everything together so that I could stand up here and say, turn to the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. But when the Bible was written, when these letters were written, there were no chapters and verses. It was all one complete thought. So Paul wrote, as one complete thought, he would write, for everything comes from God, exists by his power, and is intended for his glory. So because of that, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. He's telling us, surrender control. Give God your body. Yes, this relates to many different parts of our lives. I've already talked about sexuality. This relates to our sexuality. It relates to what we put into our bodies, what we do with, where we go in our bodies. But I want to, because I'm glutton for punishment, I want to go to that unspoken, kind of uncomfortable area that really the church in America, I believe, fails to address clearly on how we care for our bodies. Being alive is a gift for everyone, but putting God first helps you truly live. So how do you put God first in your body? Well, you gotta surrender control. It's not my body. So Paul says, I plead with you, give your bodies to God. He goes on to say this in the second part of verse one, let them, that's your body, so let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice. I think Paul's alluding to this big idea that we're talking about, that I'm already alive, but I wanna truly live. So let your bodies truly live It's a holy sacrifice, the kind he, God, will find acceptable. So the second thing we got to do to put God first is this. We need to start caring. We got to start caring. And when I say start caring, I'm not talking about in our mind. 
I'm talking about actually in our effort. Because if we pulled the room right now, most of us would say that we desire to be healthy. That we want to be in good health. We just may not be doing anything intentionally to get there. We're not taking good care of our bodies. And all of us go through seasons of that in our life. Just a quick search of America's health will tell you that, by the way. So I'm going to depress us here for a little bit, okay? I'm going to share with you some statistics. I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff at you. But here's what I found in studying the health of America. It's actually quite alarming. 77% of Americans don't receive the recommended amount of physical activity every week. That's more than three out of four people in America don't receive the recommended amount of physical activity every week. More than half of what we eat in America is called ultra-processed food. I didn't know what that was. Like, I've heard of processed food, but not ultra-processed. So in doing my research, I found out that ultra-processed food is actually a step worse than processed food. And more than half of what we eat in America is ultra-processed food, okay? In the ranking of the most affluent countries in the world, America ranks last in physical health. Most money, least healthy. The number of people dying from infectious diseases is dropping by the millions every year, while the number of people dying from chronic diseases, diseases we bring on ourselves through our lifestyle, is rising by the millions, 80%, this blew me away, 80% of the $5 trillion a year spent on healthcare, 80% of that comes from chronic diseases related to three specific areas of our life, overeating, lack of sleep, lack of exercise. 80% of $5 trillion is spent because we overeat, don't get enough sleep, don't get enough exercise. So I wanted to know, well, what does exercise do for us then? So I got some information on exercise. You're super excited, I can tell. Did you know exercise gives you 20% more energy every day? Like probably the number one thing I hear from people when I say, how are you doing, is I'm tired. And a lot of times the answer to I'm tired is maybe I should exercise. It actually boosts my energy in my life. If you exercise just two days a week, it cuts the risk of Alzheimer's in half. That regular, consistent exercise treats dementia, improves long-term memory, regulates the appetite, improves long-term memory. That was a joke. <laughs> Had to lighten the room a tad. It bolsters immunity, decreases the risk of diabetes, helps treat, de- treat depression and anxiety, reduces the risk of cancer, cuts the risk of stroke in half, and decreases the risk of heart disease, which is the number one killer in our country right now. So do you think God cares about this? So then I, I learned that exercise is literally fertilizer for the brain, Because when we exercise, it increases in our body this chemical called BDNF. BDNF keeps existing brain cells young and healthy while producing new brain cells at the same time. And the brain cells most sensitive to the chemical BDNF are the brain cells which contribute to learning, memory, planning, and good judgment. Hello. So when Jesus says, 
that we are to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we learn he actually built into our body a system that when I take care of my body, it produces a chemical that helps my brain with learning, memory, planning, and good judgment. Do you see how taking care of our physical bodies affects everything else as well in our lives? Now listen, because people are getting nervous right now, I can tell. It's happened all day long. Like I didn't expect one amen the entire day, and that's fine. I got the amen on the gospel. I don't need it on, on this stuff. So I am not, I'm just going to hopefully ease some feelings in the room. I am not going to stand up here and tell you that you can never eat anything that tastes good ever again. I'm not going to do that, okay? I'm not, gonna, I'm not advocating that we all go on a natural diet for the rest of our lives. No fat, no sugar, no joy. Happy New Year, Element Church. That's not what we're doing, okay? I'm not going to do that, okay? Because I like food too much. I am not gonna tell you how much you should work out, that you need to look a certain way or weigh a certain amount or lift a certain weight or run a certain distance or achieve a certain goal. It's not what I'm gonna do. I'm not definitely gonna tell you I've got this all figured out because I don't, I don't. What I will tell you is this, you might have to change some of the way you eat. You might need to build in some intentional exercise into your life. We might need to make some effort to truly live a healthier lifestyle. And here's why. I'm saying it's one word because it's hyphenated, but English people have to correct me if I'm wrong. One word, self-control. The last I checked, self-control is actually one of the fruits of the Spirit. Meaning... That if you believe in God through Jesus, if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit resides in your heart and the Holy Spirit gives you fruits of the Spirit. Paul tells us that in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. Part of surrendering control to God, definitely part of starting to care for our bodies, is practicing self-control. But I know what some of you are thinking. Because the last time, I, last time I preached on this, people thought the same thing. Some of you are thinking, what do you have to know about self-control? You're skinny. You can probably eat anything you want. Like This is easy for you to talk about. So to kind of give you a window into my life and my journey, I want to show you a picture. Here's a picture of me. That's 16 years ago and about 70 pounds ago is me. Just to give you the full pun intended weight of who I was, here's a side picture of me. Like I was sad, out of control, and lacked self-control. I had self-control issues, and quite honestly, I still have self-control issues when it comes to food. Body image has always been a big deal for me, a struggle for me, no matter how healthy or unhealthy I was. I always battle that in my mind. It's a daily decision for me to eat better or eat less or exercise. And listen, church, I fail often. Just ask my kids, right? 
And again, I know what some of us are thinking right now. We're, we're thinking, I know all that, Jeff. I know I should eat better or eat less. I know I should exercise more. I even know the benefits of exercise. I know all of it. But for some reason, I can't get it from here to here and actually do something about it, which leads, I think, to this last thing we're going to look at. Being alive is a gift for everyone, but putting God first helps you truly live. So how do I put God first in my body? Well, it starts by surrendering control. Paul says, give your bodies to God. Second thing is I got to start to care. I want to be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And then Paul says this, this is the way to worship him. What? Like if what I do with my body is actually an act of worship, this changes everything. That I believe one of the reasons we don't change the way we use our bodies or treat our bodies or care for our bodies is our motivations all wrong. Especially when it comes to our fitness, which is what we're talking about here. Our motivation in fitness is most often to look better or feel better or live longer. But if that's my focus, the focus is on me. That's why I think we so often give up on our resolutions so quickly. We didn't get the results we wanted. The resolution may have been right, but the motivation was all wrong. The motivation for how we care for and manage our bodies has to be the glory and honor and praise of our God. That, that if we truly viewed our bodies, if we truly viewed our bodies as instruments of worship, that would change the way we treat our bodies. If we truly viewed our bodies that way. But in order to do that, we've got to keep on reading and see what Paul said here. He says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, which by the way, when it comes to fitness, what are the behaviors and customs of the world? It's look a certain way and weigh a certain amount. That's the world. Paul says, don't copy that, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Notice, not changing the way you look, not changing the way you feel, not even changing the way you act, but changing the way you think. Then you'll know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the third thing we gotta do to put God first in our bodies is this, we need to seek to change. We gotta seek to change. That this care of my body is an act of worship to God. But you see, I, I, don't, I don't really think anyone has wellness issues or weight problems when it comes to what we can control. When it comes to what's inside of our control, I don't think we have wellness issues and weight problems. I think we have worship issues and willpower problems. We have yet to change the way we think. That this cannot be an outside-in approach. That's the world's approach. Look better, weigh less, live longer. This has to be an inside-out approach. It comes down to our motivations. That it is an act of worship to care for my body because my body belongs 
to him. So I want to challenge us, me included. I struggle with this, church. I want to challenge us to see this from a whole new perspective or be reminded of it, like myself, from a whole new perspective because it's easy to view this through the lens of results. So easy to view this through the lens of results. Lose weight, lower cholesterol, fit in those genes again, whatever it is. But this is not about results. This is about our relationship with God. Our bodies affect that. And so right here at the start of the new year, when many of us, including myself, my wife and I, did not end the year well with our physical bodies, so we're trying to start the year a little bit better. So I'm, I'm with you on this, right? So here at the start where a lot of us have these physical goals or resolutions in mind, and here in this message where like, this is a, such a touchy subject to deal with in church, I want you to hear me, and I want you to be encouraged, okay? So I want everybody to lean into this, and I you have to let this resonate in your heart. God doesn't love you more when you weigh less. God does not love you more when you weigh less. But I guarantee you, you will begin to live more alive when you care for God's body that he loaned you. No matter how good you ever look, God's love for you is at its peak right now. He cannot love you more and he will not love you less, but I guarantee you, you'll begin to live more fully alive when you care for God's body that he loaned you for who knows how long, who knows how long. Looking great, feeling better, living longer, those are great benefits that come along. And God will, I believe, give us those benefits. But this is not about that. This is about worshiping Christ by living a self-controlled life. Offering my body as a living sacrifice. The kind, so huge, the kind Paul said he finds acceptable. Did you catch that? Not the kind of body I find acceptable. Not the kind that guy or that girl finds acceptable. Not the kind my spouse finds acceptable or that magazine or trainer or Dr. Oz or even Oprah. <laughs> the kind he will find acceptable. And listen, God doesn't look at results. He looks at our relationship. Am I truly viewing my body as an instrument of worship? Be transformed, he said, by changing the way you think. This has been huge for me in my own life. Because like I said, I have, for some reason, struggled with body image, body issues my entire life. I told you last week that one of my big struggles is how I look to other people. And God's kind of been working on my heart the last couple of years when it comes to this idea of, of fitness, Really three specific ways. I'm going to just close by, by sharing you these three ways God's been working on, on my heart. The first one was whenever I, I take very seriously, by the way, as your pastor, that when I preach on things or just simply in faith, that I need to lead the way for our church. 
And so when I go to work out, like typically I, I run as my workout. When I go to work out, I use an app called RunKeeper, and it tracks your miles and your calories and all that stuff. And it'll actually, I put my shoes in there and tell me when it's time to buy a new pair of shoes. Technology blows me away. But I, there's a little button on there that you can click it, and it shares your workout with your social media friends. And so to kind of be an influence, hopefully an inspiration, even an encouragement, every time I work out, I try to share on uh, social media what I do. And what I found was, it's about two years ago, I would go for a run and something would go wrong with the app and my running watch, which was correct, would show I ran way faster than the app said, like minutes and minutes faster. So I felt the need because I wanted people to think I ran fast to put an explanation on my social media post that my app was messed up. As if you care how fast I run a, a workout. And so I was putting that in one day, like trying to make myself look better. When the Lord just said, are, what are you doing this for? Are, are you working out so people will think you're great or so our relationship will be great? I still struggle with that. So that's, that's the first way, just what am I portraying? Second way is God really kind of worked on my heart to not just spend time working out, but spend time praying while I'm working out. So now when I'm at the gym or even out, if it's, if it's nice out and I'm running outside and I, I see another church or a school or even the homes, I pray over people I see, I'll pray over people in the gym. Like just trying to always keep my, my focus, not just on the results I want, but praying for other people as well. Just kind of helps me keep that focus off Myself, I don't always do that perfectly, believe me. That's the thing God's worked on me. And then the last one, I just, I've been challenged on this just in the last few months, just approaching every workout with the attitude and prayer that God, I want to do this to please you. I want to do it to please you. And I've been praying a, a verse or some verses over my wife and I that kind of led to this, these, I love these verses, I've been praying over my wife and I, Psalm 92, 12 through 15. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord in the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. And then it says this, even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just, he is my rock, there is no evil in him. So now when I approach a workout, I try to remember those verses and say, Lord, everything within my power I want to do so that when I'm old, I'll remain vital and green, still produce fruit for you in my life. And I understand there are things that could happen outside of my control that no working out or healthy eating could ever fix. I get that. But if it's within my control, God, I want to do whatever I can to make sure that when I'm old, that verse is true about me. I remain vital and green and still produce fruit. I want us, church, me included, to change the way we think. Let me pray for you. God, thanks so much that in your word, you, Lord, I believe, speak to every area of our lives. And Lord, I know that the Bible didn't have treadmills and weights and eating plans, but Lord, you speak to our physical bodies. And so I pray, Lord, starting with myself and for everyone else, Lord, this is, Lord, we can't go to the far extreme the other way either. God, there's, there's this middle ground where we just say, Lord, it's not my body. And so Lord, direct me in what to do. Help me surrender control. 
Help me to care, start to care for my body. And Lord, I want to change. I want to seek to change the way I think. That I want to worship you with my body. In Jesus' name, amen.